Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is the holiday season, so make sure Leon Tailoring is on your gift list. That's right, get somebody a nice suit, jacket, shirt, tie, skirt, blouse, coat, or perhaps get them a Leon Tailored gift certificate. That way they can go pick out the actual clothes that they want. Hey, like I said, this is the season, the season to give Leon Tailoring. It's a perfect gift. Actually, you can kind of give all year round, but we're happy to have you at Christmas time or any other time of year. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, and downtown Indianapolis. Well, although Republicans took it uh, kind of on the chin on the last municipal elections here in Marion County, there was actually a glimmer of hope. And the glimmer of hope was over on the east side of town, uh, the new District 20 uh, that was drawn recently. And it turns out uh, it was drawn for Democrats, but a Republican actually won. That Republican joins us in studio, uh, Michael Pahart. So, Michael, thank you very much for being with us. By the way, congratulations on your uh, recent victory. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, happy to join the show. Talk about how we uh, how we accomplish this feat. So, uh, how in a world uh, where Democrats basically outvoted Republicans almost like two to one? How does how does how do you win on the east side of town of all places? So, and a white guy on top of that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling it out. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I don't think there's an actual secret sauce here, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, exactly what I did. Uh, I, I won. I think it helped that I was an incumbent, and not from a name ID perspective, because I've worked with plenty of political consultants who say that my name ID is is crap to begin with. So we can take that off the table from an incumbent standpoint, but. It's, it's the work that I put in as a counselor early on. And there are a lot of tools that, that we can help give back to the community. And I showed the community you know, really how to take charge of where they live. And if they don't like something to coming in, whether it be a housing development or a storage facility or a liquor store, how to actually shape the community and be a part of that. So I spent a lot of time in my first years really navigating what it looks like to remonstrate petitions, which is a petition to somebody who's coming in to try and build something. The remonstrator is the person who's against it, right? Showing people how to organize and, and built a lot of relationships that way that I think paid dividends when it, it came time for re-election. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the big issues uh, in this election was the issue of crime. Uh, not that we polled, it was the number one issue on a, on a lot of voters' minds. It wasn't the only issue, but it was a major issue. How did you deal with the crime issue in your district when talking to voters? Uh, yeah, so... So crime came up every now and then, right? There's, I would ask when I go door to door and I say, you know, do you have a lot of crime in this area? And a lot of folks told me no, right? It's because when I view crime, a lot of it's isolated. And if it was crime, it was it was maybe petty, but nothing violent, right? Uh, it was still a lot of pothole discussions, right? It was still a lot of street discussions, a lot of infrastructure. That was yeah, roads and infrastructure were number two. <laughs> yeah, and I it, I would say just on my anecdotal you know experience, it, that was my number one for the folks that that I were, were with. I would say. Coming up with strategies for the downtown area was important to them. So not so much of where they live, but where they want to go in Indianapolis. So some reservations of, I don't really know that I want to go downtown anymore because I don't feel safe down there. So trying to talk through a lot of those. And I've got some a lot of IMPD officers in my district as well that really focus on this issue in terms of uh, bad actors at bars and things of that nature uh, that could actually be a part of the discussion. But from an isolated standpoint, it wasn't where they live. It's just where they want to go when it comes to crime. Um, so how did you tackle the roads issue? Or at least, at least the discussion of roads and infrastructure? Yeah, so Level set with them and, and, and not let them set their expectations too high. So there's a, a number out there that it's it's shockingly low but on average we we see about a quarter mile of our district paved a year 
And that's a very, very low number. And so I set that expectation clear, but I also set the expectation of what we're doing to try and help the residential area. So, you know, we put $25 million towards residential roads in 2023 for 2024. And every other year, we're going to be at least focusing on residential, then thoroughfares, residential thoroughfare, telling them the plan, but also telling them that how we actually look and prioritize roads based on our pavement condition index ratings as well as the age and how I make the choices when I do get a choice, which is very slim, it's that quarter mile, is to say I look at the the oldest roads that have the worst condition, and if your road happens to hit in those categories, then you're, that's the road that I'm going to pick. But it's it's being upfront and honest with the people about you know what to expect. We're talking to uh, Indianapolis City County Councilor Michael Paul Hart, a Republican, who actually won uh, in a Democratic-leaning district, District 20, which is over on the near east side of town. Um, so we're trying to find out what he did uh, that Republicans maybe could sort of pick up on, and there can't Republicans win in a Democratic county. I've always argued yes, but it's got to be the right type of Republican to run in a city and urban environment. Uh, first of all, uh, where is the new District 20? Just so folks know exactly where that is. It looks like a puzzle piece, but I'll say the highest road that it goes to is 21st Street. As far east as it goes is uh, Carroll Road, which is the county line on the east side, Emerson Avenue, and Troy Avenue on the south side. Um, when you look at, uh, like I said, uh, Jefferson Shreve and, and Mary Jo Hogsett. Um, was there a lot of uh, attention towards Shreve? Did people pay attention to the mayor's race? Did people like Joe? Like, ah, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know, or they couldn't tell the difference, or... So I think what, it, what, what, what did you hear about the mayor's race when you went door-to-door in your, in your district? What I heard is that it was a very candidate, a lot of candidate-based voting, right? And I, and I can say that because I had places where people put my sign and they put Joe Hogsett's sign. I had places where they put my sign and they put Jefferson Shreve's sign. So that was an interesting Like Barack take. Obama and Mitch Daniels? Yeah, it was a very, a very interesting experience. <laughs> um, but when it came to mayor, uh, it's the same thing that we talk about, you know, beforehand with, with roads and crime. Those are the, the big issues that everybody wants to bring up. Uh, everybody knew that kind of Joe was what you're going to get with Joe. Everybody was a little nervous. Uh, you know, a lot of my district, well, none of my district is really south of Troy, right? And where, you know, when we look at the numbers, you can see that his gun messaging didn't pay off too well south of Troy. It didn't come up too much in our conversations going door to door because, again, everybody's just talking about roads and, and crime. Um, on the, how, how, was, uh, how was the gun issue treated in your district? Like I said, you said it's sort of that dividing line with Troy Avenue sort of being that sort of dividing that dividing line that people sort of south of Troy, not a big fan. How about north of Troy Avenue? It was it was party line, as you would expect, right? If I went to a house and I was talking to somebody who was a more Democrat voter, they would be in favor of, of a Shreve plan when it came to, to guns. But if I'm talking to a Republican, that was a question they would ask me is, you know, where do you stand on this position of guns? In which I would tell them that I don't support that position. And and I would tell both parties that I didn't support that position. But that, that would come up and really ask. They would always say, well, this is what the mayor's doing. What are you doing? And then I'd also have to remind them that we have very similar but different jobs that, you know, I'm here to focus and be their middleman and help them communicate their message up to the mayor's office and bring what the mayor's office is doing back to them. But also, so basically be their representation is, as the role is defined, whereas the administration is is running the city as an organization. So a lot of educational opportunities as well at the door. So overall, would you say... Uh how you won your district was just basically good old-fashioned politics and constituent services. It, it is a lot of constituent services, and I'd say some vision as well. So I, I inherited the Washington Square Mall in my district. I'm sorry. That is a 
project beyond all projects that that needs focused on and i gave a vision for them all and i think that's something that helped move me over the line as well because we've we've got a lot of tools as a city as a as a council and we've used them in previous areas like the Irvington Plaza, where we've created what are called TIF districts and community boards to help improve the public infrastructure to attract development. And we've got to do those same things at the mall. You know, right now, the mall is just a bad neighbor, as the way I describe it. If somebody came to your your neighborhood and and spray-painted your house, would you come and expect the city to remove the graffiti, or would you just go out there and remove the graffiti? In Washington Square's point, they expect the city to come and remove the graffiti, and, and that's just a bad neighbor. Um, so uh, when you won your election, uh, like I said, Bob, election night, you know, we're all just kind of watching results. Uh, sure you spent like almost $20 million to basically get do a uh, percentage point less than Cindy Carrasco did when she ran for county prosecutor back in 2020. What When you when you look at the the, the results of the of the election, I'm sorry, 2022 is when Cindy ran. When you look at the, the results, uh, did, people, did Republicans reach out to you like, hey, Michael, what did you do? What's your formula? What's your secret sauce? Are, are you now the, uh, technically now the new rock star of the party? Or people say, well, you're just a rhino, blah, 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 blah. What, what was the reaction when you won? Initially, congratulations, right? And nobody, you're the first one to ask that to ask me. You know, what did you do, or what did you do differently? Um, my first impression, though, on the dollar spend is, you know, it was to me, it was I was going into that that election night to say, if Jefferson pulls this off and he and he's able to win, and then I can conclusively say that if you spend a ton of money, you can guarantee yourself a spot. But I was also interested from a political science perspective of. Well, what happens if you do spend all this money and you don't win? And that's really, you know, what happened is so I, I took it as a learning lesson. One, money doesn't buy the position, right? It, it just didn't work out for him. And on my side of the house, I think we maybe spent $20,000 in the race. And it was very, it, it with parity to my opponent, he spent maybe about fifteen to 18000 So we spent about the same amount of money. Uh, but to your point, the messaging was different and the engagement was different. It's it's really hard for a mayor's candidate to go out there in one year and connect with the entire city, right? That's that's a, a very hard thing. It's it's hard for a counselor to go connect with the entire district in one year, you know, even in four years. So I'd say if you know there's any future mayor candidates out there, it would be start early if you, if you're considering being running for mayor because it's a really big city when you try and tackle it. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Whatsoever. Uh, so what? Uh, so uh, now you got reelected for for a second term. What are your goals? What are your priorities for for your district and the city as well? A couple things. So we're starting off really good. I actually passed a proposal last night to start a commission uh, to study the development of artificial intelligence for the city of Indianapolis. So that's going to kick off in January. I'm aspiring to be the chairman of that commission, which would be an interesting precedent to set. Uh, our council president will make that decision ultimately. So I'm um, I'm asking for his uh, appointment on that. But basically, we're going to study five different use cases of how we can improve efficiency, uh, stretch our tax dollars farther uh, when it comes to the city of Indianapolis. So that's going to be the first thing. Uh, from there, the next big project is is the Washington Square Mall, where we've got to create a development plan immediately so we can start talking about what it looks like to create a TIF district. Uh, TIF district is not a new tax by any means, just to state that because it, it gets confused a lot. It is keeping tax dollars in the area for, for the, the mall and the area around the mall. That way we can improve the public infrastructure so it doesn't go to the private sector at all. It stays 
you know, taxpayer property and dollars. But we've got to improve that that area. It's riddled full of potholes, like you would imagine. The green space is terrible. It, there's there's no reason for somebody who who wants to do business on the east side to want to do it near near Washington Square Mall. So that's that's the the other major plan that I'm looking at. And then it's it's continuing to help grow neighborhood associations uh, and neighborhood organizations. So. Anybody in the city of Indianapolis can create a neighborhood organization that allows them to get these petitions that I was talking about earlier when you say, oh, there's another liquor store, another gas station coming in. I don't want that. Well, you as the person who lives in that community need to fight back and stop that, but you can only fight back if you know about it. So I'm on a mission to create as many neighborhood organizations as possible. That way they get these petitions because their counselor's name's on it, the developer's name's on it, and they can call them up and say, hey, counselor, this is how I want to be represented. And then that counselor should work with the people that live there just like I do. And what I plan on continuing doing to make sure that I'm developing District 20 in a way that represents the people that live there. Final question, can Republicans win in Marin County countywide? It's going to take some time, but I think there's there's if they if the will is there, they can do it. Uh, I think what I've learned over the last couple of years is that if you take the time to go meet and listen to people, you can actually you know gain their support and their respect. But it's going to take time. You can't do it in a year, and you have to have a good vision and you have to be willing to listen. All right. Well, Michael Paul Hart, uh, District Twenty, uh, one of the, uh, one of six Republicans on the City County Council, one who won uh, in a Democratic district this past election. So, Michael, my friend, nothing about the best luck. Look forward to having you back on again soon. All right. Thank you, sir. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.